Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Bye. And Mon. Yeah. What are you grateful for this morning, Mon? I'm going to be sharing more about what I'm grateful for in the next segment. Okay. Because it involves a childhood dream that I had. Okay. Well, like a kind of an idea. Yeah. And uh, and some genius has gone and put something similar into play in London. And I'm so stoked about it. Like, it looks so good. Makes me so happy to see it. I'm very grateful about so it. So you're ready to jump on a plane to London? Oh, if only I could. You're always ready to jump on a plane. Yeah, once I don't know. Like, how is that a question? Are you actually not ready to jump on a plane? You're ready to jump off a plane somewhere else. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, like that. I like that a lot. What are you grateful like for this off, morning? The, the getting off, but I am grateful for mates. Mates. Mate has come and gone. Well. Yeah, I know, but that's okay. So why are you grateful for mates? Well, I was grateful for May 8 the other day. This time I'm grateful for mates. So I have more than one friend? Yeah. You have more than one friend? Oh, Lyle has more than one friend. Yeah. <laughs> why are you grateful for your mates? Yeah, i got mates coming over tonight. It's going to be good. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's going to be awesome. Games night or something. Going to hang out, going to make plan all kinds of havoc. Oh, it sounds yep. more like a meeting. Kind of. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I know what this meeting is about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, about the Simpson Desert, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought yes, so. yes, yes, yes. We're planning a trip to the Simpson Desert. It's going to be amazing. That's really cool. Yep. By the way, dear listeners, you are indeed listening to the uh, delayed broadcast, the broadcast, but the delayed one. And if you'd like to jump across the live show, which she totes should. Like, just try it. Just try it once. Just try it once. You'll see how much better it is. Uh, you can do so. Faithfm.com.au is our website. You can find the live stream on there, the radio stream, which I've been told actually uses way less data than I thought. Uh, and then also the TuneIn app, where you can find us uh, listed as FaithFM Australia. Um, TuneIn app is like a conglomerate um, app that has like all the different web, um, radio stations around the world that broadcast digitally, and you can just find them in amongst there. Or you can give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and uh, give us a hassle about getting the live show out to you. Of course, you wouldn't need to listen to any of those other those stations around no, the world. No, no, no. It's, it's just, not necessary. Faith FM, make it your favourite. Faith FM Australia. Like, we are so, the best that we know. So, it's it, the so. only one that's on my tuning app. Yeah, <laughs> it's just same here. Same here. Yep. Love it. And uh, the thing I love about it is, as you say, you can listen to Faith FM Radio anywhere on the planet. Anyway, we've got a great great show coming up. We are going to talk about... What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about... Pokies. Pokies. Blowing up. Yes, blowing up pokies. Okay, no, we're not going to talk about blowing up pokies, but um, we're going to be tempted to talk about blowing up pokies. We're going to talk That's about pokies and, and, and... Oh, okay. I was quoting a song, Blow Up the Pokies by the Whitlams. It's actually a really, really sad song. Probably should have played that song. I, uh, I wanted to, but I don't think we could find it in It's probably... It's not a Christian song? No, but it has a Teaches really a Christian principle, but Christians shouldn't message. have anything to do with pokies. Yes, yep, yep. yep. It's a true yeah. story song, so it's very sad. Yep. So Mon's uh, Mon's good story and a poker story and then an interview that we recorded up at Big Camp with Linda Ross. Her last ending, my savior bleed, did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day 
That was Anna Weather up with At The Cross here on Faith FM. And Mon, give us the first clue for the quiz for today. What do you mean the quiz for today? This is a quiz from yesterday. Oh, the we quiz from ro- yesterday. We yeah, yeah, rolling we're rolling on, along, man. rolling along. We are not stopping this quiz express happening right this here. This was a city, right? Yes, yes. And I'm a little have bit I, disturbed. Have I answered this one yet? No. Okay. And I'm worried about this, Lyle, because I put the quiz card away yesterday and mm-hmm. I've just come in and I've seen the quiz card is, is on an angle and I didn't mm-hmm. put it away at an angle. So it looks like someone took it out of the box and looked at the answer. See, what you need to do is, is put a hair on it. <laughs> if you come in the next day and the hair is missing, then, you know, be afraid. I, I, want, I, want, you to, I want you to solemnly swear on radio that you didn't cheat and look at the answer this okay, morning. Okay, raising my right hand, I solemnly swear I did not cheat. Okay, good. I, I forgot, I forgot to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly accurate. You forgot to cheat because if you'd remembered, you totes would have done it. <laughs> that's why I'm suspect. Not for no reason. Okay, okay. Not for no reason. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> it's a what city am I? Shall I give them the first clue ever again? Sure, why not? Uh, so the first clue was, what's the mind? Joseph's bones were buried in this city. Mm-hmm. And the second clue is this. It was here Joseph set a large stone under an oak tree to serve as a witness against Israel if they are untrue to God. Oh, no, Jos- had that clue Joseph as well. did. No, Joshua. Joshua, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah it was Joshua, here Joshua. Yeah, Wait, yep. Mm-hmm. So it's Joseph's bones and Joshua putting a large stone under an oak tree to serve as a witness against Israel if they are untrue to God. And the third clue, which is the first clue for today... Simeon and Levi put all the males in this city to death because of how their sister had been treated. Simeon and Levi killed all the men in this city because of how their sister had been treated. Lyle has the correct answer. If you have the correct answer, you need to call us now and tell us because I'm giving away a copy of Forgiven, the really great book by um, Pastor Willie Ramos. Have you, have you heard about this story? No, I haven't. It's incredible. So he's actually, he's a, he's a, he's a convert, obviously, but they used to call him the ghetto preacher uh, because he was involved in uh, in gangs, um, actually was an accomplice to a murder, and, um, you know, he spent time in prison and so forth. And, uh, and, you know, he found God and his life absolutely radically changed and he began to minister to the people that he used to, um, you know, be involved in gangs with. So get a copy of this book. It's just a powerful testimony. Uh, the Ghetto Preacher, Willie Ramos, it's called Forgiven. Um, that is our prize today. So if you know the answer, don't delay. Call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. There you go. That's the uh, that's the prize, and that's the number to call. So give us a call now. What have you got in positively different news this morning, Mon? Tell okay. us about your invention as a child that now has become a reality. I'm not. I don't know if it's really so much as an invention as it was an idea or something that I, that I thought the whole planet should do. But um, let's talk about travel for a second first. Yes. Okay. So every single year, I'm so sad that I'm not in London. In May, because that's when they have the Chelsea Flower Show. Oh. Do you know what that is? No. Never heard of it. You've never heard of the Chelsea Flower Show? Why would I have heard of the Chelsea Flower Show? Because it's the biggest plant-related show on the planet. You can't eat them. You can eat plants. You can't eat flowers. They serve no purpose. It's not just about flowers. It's about anything that grows. 
And they do serve a purpose. Don't be horrible. <laughs> you no man out there would be married if it wasn't for the fact that flowers exist. <laughs> <laughs> or forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a valid point. Yes. They serve an awesome purpose. Men should be more uh, happy about the existence of flowers because it helps them to woo women. And uh, we all know that's what they really want. Um, so the Chelsea Flower Show, biggest, biggest plant-related show on the planet. Just... The stuff that comes out of there, the designs, you know, because it's like an expo, right? Okay. And, um, you know, this year, the um, what's her name? Kate, Kate Middleton. She's designed a garden herself. Uh, it's a it's a garden to design to uh, inspire kids to get outdoors more and to stay outdoors more. And um, it's really cute. There's actually a video that came out of her little son, Prince George, um, playing around the garden. And uh, and Prince William asked him, you know, what do you give mummy's garden out of 10? And he's like, 20. <laughs> it's so cute. Kids um, are the best. Yeah. But uh, Chelsea Flower Show is happening uh, this coming weekend. And uh, I wish I was there. But ahead of Chelsea Flower Show, get this, Lyle. So w- when I was a kid... I always thought cities and suburbs and and most um, infrastructure related to uh, urban spaces was really ugly. Like if you look at things, like, oh yeah, yeah, terribly. Yeah, everything's mm-hmm. grey and everything's drab. You know, streetlights, freeways, guardrails, footpaths, everything's like square and grey and just miserable and just just really dreary looking. And I always concrete. Thought, yeah, exactly. And I always envisioned, and maybe if I had like. You know, live my life over. I might become like a like a urban architecture or architect or something. But I was like, you know, is it is it really that hard to maybe like make the footpath blue, or you know, make a freeway pink, or just something a bit more interesting to look at? And you know, you have seen uh, attempts yeah, to make nah. things interesting, like in Melbourne. Melbourne actually invests a lot into creating well, have interesting to. urban spaces. Melbourne has to. Because they've got no natural beauty. Yeah, because they have nothing. They have no nice beaches or anything down there. Sorry, Melbourne, but you know it's true. Um, but it but has they do. They do. Have, they do make their city very, very interesting. Yeah, and 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 it's worked for me. It's yeah. one of the most. It's probably yeah the most interesting city to walk through because everywhere you look, there's something interesting to fill your eyes. No matter which direction you look, there's always like some creative. Uh, you know. Uh, street yeah, art or graffiti, like something's happened somewhere. Even down an alley, like in a suburb, there's something happening in Melbourne. So Melbourne, like kudos to Melbourne. But when I was a kid, I really wanted to do this thing where I wanted to take, and I hadn't quite like worked out the exact materials that you would use because you'd need something hardy because um, real flowers wouldn't work. Um, uh, but I wanted to get like flowers, some sort of fake flowers, and basically wrap all street lights. In, in in flowers and so all the streetlights everywhere would look like flower poles and they'd be covered in different flowers uh, different colors color schemes and uh, and I just thought even like a even one freeway where all the poles were covered with flowers would just look amazing I used to dream about this when we would go driving I'd be like man you could do like a whole a gradient of pink here and then a gradient of yellow and then blend it into an orange and then do a whole medley of I was like I have to admit this has never entered my mind. Welcome to the brain of a creative. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is so it's cool. A scary place. In London, right, this morning, passengers boarding their train were greeted with an absolutely stunning flower dis- display uh, representing the fuchsia of travel. Fuchsia is a flower, by the way. You know what I used to think when I was driving along the road? What? Um, along the freeways and so what? forth when I was a kid? Well, we didn't have freeways back then, but you Were know, you highways. just scoping for police? No. What, what were you thinking? I was just thinking... Jetpacks. 
<laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> little Lyle and one little day, Bob. One day we will all be <laughs> flying along here with jetpacks. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. And here you are still not flying along with jetpacks. No, but they do have flower poles by the sounds of it. Well, almost, almost, almost. Uh, so get this. They decorated the inside of the London tube, the train, with flowers. Like decked the whole thing out. Look at this, Lyle. Please, just for your own happiness this morning, jump on the internet and just search London train flowers and you will see what they've done inside these trains. It's okay, just- that's ridiculously cool, but I have been in those trains during peak hour when, when you push and shove to get through the door and then people behind you push you and shove you to get through the door. And I'm just wondering how many of those flowers, those poor flowers, are just going to get squished. This would make... This, well, apparently, they, they, I mean, they, they took note and people were so delighted to be on the train. Oh, yeah. And the that smell was incredible. Just this, this My fragrance of blooms. Nuts, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah, your hay fever. <laughs> that's true, actually. Your hay fever would just spike. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, just, so I just stoke up on drugs before I went on there. So they have a cascade of purple and pink hydrangea, wisteria, fresh sea lavender. Oh, it's just so amazing. Um, it took uh, more than 3,000 flowers in total uh, installed on a 43-seat, 23-meter-long carriage um, on board the Heathrow Express. And, uh, and it, took, it took them apparently months to plan it, and, uh, and, but four hours to install. Uh, so it has... Uh, 1,850 hydrangeas, 220 wisterias, and 1,000 stems of fresh sea lavender. And then not only that, um, the people getting on board the train were, were handed free flowers for the passengers to take home. And, and I mean, apart from obviously advertising the Chelsea shower, flower show, they, all they said was that we just wanted to create something that would bring a smile to passengers' faces and help them unwind ahead or following their flight and their journeys to or from work. Isn't that mm. lovely? That is. Just for the good of humanity. Absolutely. It should be more of it. Please jump online and have a look. You're going to love these pictures. They've, they've just decorated like the walls of the train have become a wall of flowers on the interior. And it's so beautiful and so delightful. And I wish that they would wrap the poles in cities with flowers that they have for these train walls. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow and cease this praise. Take my hand and let them move at the impulse of the Use 
Jaden Levick with Take My Life here on Faith FM. We are about to have another clue for our quiz, so get ready to call. The number is 1-800-324-843. What do you got for us, Mon? Okay, so clue number, what are we up to, like five or six or something? <clears throat> a bit of a racy clue coming up right here. Mm-hmm. Diner, oh, what's he by? Dinah had a sexual encounter with a man who had the same name as this city. It's pretty odd. That is an odd one. I, 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 and clue number what is that? One, two, three. Oh, clue number four. This usually start to get easier by now, but that's that really yeah, that's yeah, really hard. Yeah, yeah. I would that's have. Uh, that's that's probably the most obscure clue in, in fact, the entire. Is, I want to say going off these clues on this. I mean, of, this city is a pretty obscure. I, I didn't even know this city existed myself. Um, but this, the clues that are given are so obscure that I want to say it's probably the hardest quiz we've had. Well, congratulations the, to whoever can get this one. Give us yeah. a call, 1-800-324-843. There's two more clues and then literally they're just getting, they're getting harder. Uh, so if you yeah. can tell us, I'm going to be very, very impressed. Mm. All right, so coming up, well, not coming up, but coming up right now, I should say, in more serious news, um, right here in the Newcastle area. So there's a local story. Oh, yeah. Hoteliers are pushing for, so the Newcastle Lake Macquarie area, a number of hoteliers are pushing for um, licenses to open and, or to stay open until 4 a.m. in no. their gaming lounges. No. Nothing yes. good happens after midnight. Just go to bed, people. Have some sleep. <laughs> sleep is a good thing. It is a positive this is thing to do. Because <laughs> sleep, like. Well, nothing good in a pub happens after midnight, that's for sure. Your ability to make good judgment calls is severely hindered the later it gets in the night. And the last place you want to be is in a, any sort of a pub or gambling kind of place. And this is the point that they're, that they're really um, you know, drawing out here. We've got uh, Professor Kipros Kipri, um, sounds Greek, but anyway, uh, of the University of New South Wales, Newcastle's sorry, School of Medicine and Public Health, um, has you know pointed out the fact that any addictive substance is just it's it's addictive uh, qualities, its addictiveness is so much amplified at one a.m. and then again by two a.m. and then again by three a.m. because you are combining uh, the addictive substance with fatigue, which both have the same effect of breaking down your. 
Um, ability to make good decisions. Ability to make good yeah. decisions. Your ability to make good moral your decisions. Um, your your resistance, your self-control. Breaks, they, they, they break all of those things down. We, of course, we know all of this. Yeah, it's the same way that they say don't drive tired because it's the same effect on you on you as when you're drunk. Why yeah, they don't realise the exact same research can be applied to don't go to a gambling house or a pub when you're when you're tired because you're going to be making dumb decisions. Okay, so not only want to stay open until four a.m. instead of the current uh, lockout laws at twelve a.m., but they want to nearly double the number of pokies in each venue to the maximum of 30 allowed pokies. Do you know what? People need to understand that this is hoteliers absolutely trying to take advantage of people. Basically what this is, is this is hoteliers, this is hoteliers who are trading on people's lives. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They have no conscience. They have no care whatsoever for the community. They only have care for one thing, and that is ripping the money out of your pocket, and they do not care about how much destruction they bring on the entire community, on Australia, on society, on anything like that. These people have no conscience. They couldn't have in any way loud, more louder proclaimed that they just don't care, and they're just there for money. I shouldn't say they have no conscience. I feel like they have no conscience. If they do have a conscience, then I would like to understand how their conscience works on this one. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to find the weakest point for people with gambling addiction. Okay, and, here's the, here, and here's where it gets worse. If you go to South Belmont, which where one of these hotels is, um, it's the second lowest socioeconomic area in the region. And, of course, we know from all of the research that these are the most vulnerable people. This is the most vulnerable people group. And you can just see what's going on. They've looked at their demographics. They're like, okay, we're in the second lowest socioeconomic area that there is. Therefore, we know that we're going to have um, a good demographic for setting up more gambling and selling more alcohol. This is not. Mateship, this is not Australian to me. This is, no, this is, very this is not how you take care of, of other humans. This is, I, I feel like they're literally trying to, they've done research to find what their weakest point is and then they're trying to hit them. And any, like anyone who's ever done any sort of addiction recovery knows that one of the first steps is to get a good night's sleep because then you have a fighting chance. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Um, and, and of course, as you know, Professor Kipros Kipri is pointing out, you know, there's a move that's entirely in the wrong direction. It's the opposite direction of the direction that society is going in relationship to these things and in the opposite direction to what the state is going. Um, you know, when, when they you know, brought the, the lockout laws in, um, in Newcastle and Sydney um, some time ago, you've got a dramatic drop in just violence to begin with. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, violent assaults went down by over a third. Wow. That's just, and that's just by closing pubs. And well, the lockout law was, um, sorry, it wasn't closing the pubs. It was just not letting anybody enter a pub. You can stay in the pub until three o'clock in the morning, but you can't enter it after one o'clock. Yeah. You know, and that's a, you know, I think the lockout law should be going a lot further than that. Just close uh-huh. the pubs at midnight, just close the pubs altogether. But anyway, um, that's I probably think Australia not should to be so proud of what it's already accomplished with most and of And it the should conditions. be going forward with that. Yeah. We should you be know, moving forward. The laws we've created for smoking, for, you know, drink limits, um, you know, uh, driving limits, the places we're not allowed to smoke anymore, the fact that they have dry towns, the fact that they have dry areas. Like, all this stuff is amazing, and we need to go forward with that instead of going backwards. Okay, so they've come up with, they've come up with some reasons as to why this is a good thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it money? Because it's going to be the only reason why. Okay, so you've got to hear this. This is good. Oh. They say that it... What uh, spin have they put on it? The later hours allows taxis 
to better service patrons. So rather than the pub just closing and that everybody leaving ridiculous. at the same time and not being able to get a taxi, by going later they're going to dribble out and... <laughs> How long did it take them to come up with that? Well, they had to come up with How something, didn't they? How long did it take them? Oh, oh, and here's the other one. They're now able to cater to shift workers so that they can have, you know, a, a beer and a, and, and a, um, a crack at the pokies after they finish their late night shift. Let's talk to the shift workers and see how many of them, after pulling off a late night shift, would rather just go home and sleep or they want to go to the pub. Yeah, and, and, and by keeping the pub open, this is like the worst Possible thing that you can do for your health as a shift yeah. worker. This I've is such done a shift work. This is a the terrible first thing in your idea. Mind is, let's go to bed. Just I'm dead. Let's this is go just to bed. terrible idea. Is, You're going to go and have some alcohol when you're a shift worker at you know what's three o'clock in the morning. What's it going to take for them to be successful in putting this through? Because I want to fight against it. It needs to be fought against, and that's why we're mentioning it here on Faith FM this morning because we do fight against uh, these kind of things. Um, Drink driving is a uh, um, another major issue that we have here because a number of these locations in Ellamore Vale and Belmont are places where there is no train, there's very little public transport, and so people are going to be much more tempted to drink drive. And the simple reality is that the later it gets, the more prone people are to drink, the more likely they are to be irresponsible. Yeah. And basically, and everything gets worse the later. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. We need to be protecting our people. We, like Australia is a great country and we need to keep it that way. And this is not a way to, to okay, do Okay, so that. here's my question. What does a pokey, a pokey machine contribute to society in a positive way? What positive effect does a pokey bring on society? Pokies create depression. Pokies take mo- money off people, particularly people in the so low, so low socioeconomic area. Pokies break up families. Pokies, um, that they create addictions. Uh, pokies... You know, have place, driven people to suicide. Oh, don't even get me started yeah. on, on, on the level of suicide that has taken it's the place. First thing that came to mind. You know, the, uh, my my next door neighbour had a beautiful family, two daughters. You know, all the rest, just wonderful family. Family got torn apart because his wife got addicted to pokies. She got a job down at the local club, and sooner or later, she started getting on the pokies, and then they had to sell the house. And you know, it, it was just the most painful, horrific. Circumstances I've ever seen all created by pokies. The only thing you could say that was good for the, is that it just makes the people who own the pokies rich. And that's the only thing. I can yeah, think yeah, yeah. One or two is, people at the very top of the food chain. Yeah, yeah. It's you nice. know, the sharks, the sharks that are at the top of the food chain. You know, you know, you know who lives at the top of the food chain, right? Sharks. Yeah. Sharks right. are at the top of the food mm-hmm. train. And mm-hmm. they're the ones that are getting rich off of this. Yeah. Now, this is, uh, this is a disgraceful, um, a disgraceful move that these people should hang their heads in shame that they're even considering uh, putting in these applications, and I hope these applications are turned down. Uh, we need to be heading the opposite direction. You know, we have a lockout law from one one a.m. Let's move it up to midnight. You know, um, let's uh, let's start winding these things back. We have gone way way too far down this path. Australia, Australian society has gone hill dramatically since um, gambling has been legalised. Anyway, this is Melissa Rotto. While you are sleeping. I rejoice over you with singing Falling asleep to your sweet melody Singing 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. And once again, joining me here in the studio to record this session uh, up at Big Camp because we are recording lots of interviews with lots of people is Linda Ross. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And this is not the first time you were here at Big Camp last year. We had you on the show last year. Yes. Yeah. Seems like just yesterday. <laughs> Does indeed. Lots of good things to talk about. Um, Linda is somebody who is always involved in uh, some kind of ministry or another. And this year at Big Camp, you're doing a workshop on innovative faith. 
Yes. Tell me about Innovative Faith. Well, actually, actually, tell me about the workshop that you just finished because I hear that um, you had a quite remarkable experience just now. Yes. So I should have um, maybe had thought of this when I, I the workshop was called Innovative Faith, that I needed to be prepared for innovation myself within the <laughs> yeah, workshop. Yeah. So I had the week planned out of what I was going to discuss each week, each day in Innovative Faith. And on the first day, we had a panel of youth. And we talked about what is innovation and what is um, how important is innovation in in a faith in 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 our daily walk, and um, the first day was supposed to be a panel of youth um, discussing the question: What would the church look like if our youth didn't leave? And it was this wonderful time of um, listening to our youth and listening to their perspectives and their view for the future of the church and what keeps them coming back to church, and then the audience repeating back what they're hearing and then coming up with ideas from that. Um, at the end of that um, session, the youth came to me and said, well, this is, is this it? No, we need to come back tomorrow. And so each day we've been discussing different things about how the youth feel about church, what reaches youth, and how we as churches can innovate to make sure our youth aren't leaving um, out the door as soon as they get old enough to make their own decisions. Okay, so rather than just um, standing at the front and telling people, hey, this is what innovative faith is, go home and do it, Mm. you're actually innovating on site. Yes. And what innovation has taken place so far? Because we're only halfway through big camp. Yeah. What what kind of ideas are uh, and what kind of pictures of, of of church are coming out of this workshop? So the first thing is a model of discussion is coming out. So a model that churches can follow in finding out about their youth, in finding out what their youth are thinking and and feeling, and listening to their ideas and beginning this communication. We're not coming in over the top saying this is how we're going to fix the youth problem. We're actually listening to the youth and finding out what they need, and from there we um, have implemented different thinking routines that churches can go through to discuss different initiatives instead of just shutting them down straight away, instead of just saying, having opinions about youth, um, giving the youth a forum and thinking routines to work out new initiatives to see if they're viable or to see how they can be viable. It also, one of the things we worked on yesterday was um, a compass thinking. So, with a new initiative, what do I need to know? What are some worries and concerns that might come up? What is exciting? And what are some suggestions? And when the youth and um, older church members sit down together and, and think through that thinking routine, they're able to address worries before they even come up from other mem- members and they can be prepared for the proposal. Tomorrow we're going to discuss how to win boards and influence people. Um, I need to come to this workshop. <laughs> I definitely need to be there. Yeah, how to sell your vision and make sure the church is on board with the movement you're wanting to create. Now, when you talk about um, you know older people, younger people sitting down, looking at you know the threats that will come up, has there been a lot of innovation that has died in the past simply because it's never got through the board, it's never got through the business meeting? What has been your experience? Yeah, so one of the things that that came out yesterday is the youth saying, well, the old people just shut us down. And through that conversation, we found out, I said, well, you're saying old people. 
Who are these old people? Uh, that's you. And I, no, no, that's that's. No, I shouldn't. I said that wrong. That's me, Linda. That's yeah, not yeah, you. Yeah, that's well, me. That's probably, me. I'm the old people. <laughs> I, I probably do fall into that category now. But I had to. We had to work out that actually, this old people was actually a concept, and this old people was an entity that didn't necessarily exist. Because just because you're over the age of fifty, you actually don't have the authority to We're stop not over something. The age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not us, just for the record. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're still in the young. But somebody doesn't have that authority just because, you know, they're over a certain age. And so we talked about boards and business meetings and using the structure of church to discuss these and have a forum for new ideas to be discussed. Um, one of the things that came up is the young people said, instead of us having to come up with new ideas and and presenting it, to the 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 rest of the church, it would be lovely for the church to create platforms and um, structures so that there is a space to create new ideas instead of us having to come up and prove our idea. Give us a space where new ideas can be generated. What do you think that might look like? Well, for for what we've done this week, there's a there's a start starting that conversation. Um, getting into small groups and throwing out an initiative or throwing out an issue that the church has and creative ways of solving that issue from a number of viewpoints. One of the big things that I'm finding is that we come into board meetings or we come into situations at church, everybody throws out their opinion of what they already know and then everybody votes how they came in to vote in the first place. Whereas if we start innovating and having these thinking routines, looking at things from different perspectives and putting in structures for change, then we're better able to contextualize our ministry. We're better able to keep up with the culture around us and build God's kingdom without becoming irrelevant. Do you think we should do away with uh, board meetings and business meetings? Well, it's interesting. There, there is a There is a place for structure. There is a place for meeting together, but I think we're going to have to look at what is happening in the world of meetings, how people are meeting, how people are gathering, and can we still achieve the same purpose but contextualise um, more effective meeting places and meeting structures? In my experience, I find that a lot of the, uh, the older people, um, <coughs> not us, <laughs> but a lot of the older people, uh, that are in church are keen for the youth to do things and when they see the youth doing things they're really inspired by it why do we shut them down what are the, what are the, what are the what's what's motivating us to shut them down one of the blockers we we talked about that yesterday the blockers that are coming up um, in things that uh, they have stereotypes Young people have stereotypes about older people and older people have stereotypes about young people. What we're finding through this discussion this week is there's actually a lot of the things that we think are a youth problem are actually a human problem, like such as inconsistency. Um, But one of the big things is being able to let go of control um, and let go of the way things have always been. Because when we move away from things that haven't always been or move to change and different things we actually have to step out of our comfort zone and sometimes the older we get all the different personality types that we have in our churches getting out of our comfort zone can be quite scary which brings us to fear and when we come to on on the cliff edge of fear we have the choice of whether we we push through 
or we let fear shut us down. And too often or not, we're letting fear shut us down. It seems to me that the further we move on in Western society, the closer the generations come uh, to each other, the, the shorter the generations are. So you, mm. if you look at baby boomers, that was a fair span. And then you had X gen, Y gen, millennial, Z. And these t- tend to be, you know, they, these, they, they have their own culture. They last for shorter periods. And then the emerging generation is even smaller again. Are we going to, is that going to mean that we're going to face more change, more regular change um, within the church in the future? I think if I use the example of Blockbuster, Blockbuster was a video uh, rental um, company at the top of its game. I remember them. Yes. <laughs> the days that you had yeah. to make sure you get you got the video back, otherwise you'd be charged a late fee. Yeah, and when you wanted to watch a movie, you had to go down the street yeah. and uh, and sort through a whole library of stuff yeah. <laughs> back in the day. My grandfather used to save his coins, and, and when I used to go and stay, that was the first thing we'd do is go down and get, get some movies. And one of the – they became bankrupt in 2010, and there was two major reasons. One of them is they failed to see the hidden networks that were happening around them and the changing the way things were being done, the changing consumer um, attitudes towards paying those late fees. And that was the way they made the bulk of their money. And so they didn't want to change. They didn't want to cut that. The other one is that they have failed to prepare their company for change. They didn't have the structures inbuilt into the company that when change was needed, that they could adapt quickly to it. And I think there's a lesson for us in, in church because Five years before they went bankrupt, um, no, ten years before they went bankrupt, um, a company came and proposed that they take the Blockbuster brand online and they partner with them and these people were laughed out of the room and that just happened to be Netflix, which is one of the biggest grossing rental <laughs> uh, movie movie subscription. History, um, is, history is such a wonderful thing to look back on. So many so many lessons that hindsight, you know, hindsight is, a, is an incredible teacher, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, and the, the beauty that we have as a church, though, we have more than hindsight. We have the Holy Spirit, and if we're watching where the Holy Spirit is moving, like, for example, if I had have stuck to my plan this week of, no, I was going to discuss this, this day I was going to start we would have missed out on the beauty of the conversations that we've had um, in in what we've had in the innovative faith workshop yeah because you started when, when did your workshop start on Monday Monday and we're now on Wednesday yeah and you had a very different topic for today but yep. you're still working with a panel of youth yep talking about how not to shut youth down in the church yeah and what the beautiful thing is is these youth have finally felt heard. Yeah, And that's my big take home is that our youth want to be heard. They want to be understood. And often we think that they're disconnected because they're always on their phone. A big take home from for me this week has been they are deeply connected. They thrive on connection. It's just how we connected in the past may need to be tweaked in how we connect with them in the future. Okay, now that raises an interesting point. So, you know, your average church, you're going to have that group that sits up on the back left-hand corner and all stares at their phone during the service. Um, how do we connect with that group? It's, because it's, my generation, you know, we're kind of... I'm two generations removed from, from, from that generation. Three generations mm-hmm. even. I'm, I'm X, you know, and then you got Y, Millennial, Z, so that's a fair gap. 
Yeah, and I mean, some churches, you know, have the youth, they've reserved seats um, for the youth down the front. I talked about it to some of the youth focus groups that I've been talking to um, in the last few months, and some of them said, no, we don't want to be down the front because um, we don't like people looking at us. One of the things that we've discussed today is that what do you do for the group of kids that stand outside church all the time? And one of the boys on our panel said, don't feel just because they're not sitting in a church pew or in the church that they're not connecting with Jesus or the church in some way. And rather than ordering them to come inside or making them come and sit and listen, when some of them may not learn that way, go to reach them. One um, beautiful woman said that she's having trouble getting her son to even come to church at all. He refuses to come. And from this week, she's decided she's going to bring church to him. And she's going to have socials over at her house. And she's going to have church functions over at her house. Um, getting out of this idea that everyone has to sit in a building doing the things that we want them to do to connect with Jesus. Um, if coming to church is to be in community and to be in the community of Jesus, growing more in Jesus, does it have to look like all of us sitting facing the front while one person talks? To our young people, it may look like something different. And we need to innovate in those ways um, to be relevant. How important is um, intergenerational um, worship? Absolutely. It is really important. Um, The youth... It's, it's important for youth to have their time, but they need those mentors. And that's come out um, big, really a lot this week in having those mentors that believed in them, having those mentors that even when they felt like they'd messed up in church, that someone came up and said, no, we thought you did a good job. The other thing is, is um, having someone that has your back if you're a youth leader. So not just youth leader as in I'm in charge of the youth, but maybe um, our youth are in charge of audiovisual. Or if they're leading a ministry, having someone come alongside, um, especially in a board meeting, to back you up, to help you wear criticism, um, especially audiovisual in some churches. If you've got it too loud one day, um, people tend to, you know, get a bit passionate about how they express their views. Having someone older that's weathered the storms of ministry come alongside and and have your back. Um, and maybe cop some of that brunt before it gets to you is incredibly important. It's interesting that you highlight the AV um, department because AV is the invisible part of the church that is only visible when something goes wrong. Yes. You only know that AV exists when it messes up. And I think this this is, um, you know, one of our, uh, and I'm probably getting very sidetracked here, but one of this, just the little, uh, the little parts of our church that we need to focus on because... They only ever get criticism. Yeah. Or they only feel like they do because when they mess up, they think, oh, the whole church is looking down mm. on me. Where that's not actually the case. No. You know, we, we get that this is, um, you know, that there are a lot of buttons and lights and knobs up there that we have no idea yes. what to do with. Yes. And we're just super thankful that somebody's up there having a crack at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an internet number of things. Like one of the things people say, oh, well, the youth are inconsistent. Um, that's why we don't, you know, they don't finish the job. But our youth are telling us that they've had mentors that have started off well but then dumped them and not not continued, like in being a deaconess or things like that. They've not been mentored into the role. So we've we've discussed it's not just a youth problem, it's actually a human problem. And doing life with humans in a church setting gets messy, um, but that's where we apply love and grace and that's how we'll keep each other together. 
Absolutely. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I had a whole section here where I wanted to talk to you about your, your Flourish um, Children's Empowerment Ministry. But we're out of time. Yeah, this another was, day, another yeah, day. another day, definitely. Thank, Linda, thank you so much for joining us um, here on Faith FM. Um, you're listening to Faith FM. We'll be back after this song, followed by the 8 o'clock news and then Encounter with God. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels Though I have the prophet's gift Though I hold the keys to hidden knowledge Though my faith can mount and shift Without love I am no better Without love it's all for naught Lord you spent your life in loving others What this means I would be taught Love is patient, knows no envy Never gloats when others sin Love is never glad to see injustice Always wants the truth to win There's no end to love's endurance There's no test you cannot face Lord, you spend your life in loving others I shall fail without your grace Though there'll be an end to hidden knowledge Visions, raptures, prophecy Faith and hope and love shall last forever While the greatest of the three Without love I am no better Without love it's all for none You gave your life in saving others What this means I would be taught Lord, you spent your life in loving others What this means I would be taught to Faith FM, positively different radio. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there.
With violence and war Children are scattered And tattered and torn Hey somebody Won't you help me along We've been too long In that old place Gotta meet each other Face to face Let us shine This world will soon become all right Gotta look at each other Through the eyes of Christ Holding hands together As we lay down our pride Let's come together To do what's right Then together we This world will soon become all 